What's going on, Ram fans? I'm Adam Epstein. This is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Joined, as always, by Caleb Jones, Connor Bailey, and Chris Mason. What's going on, boys? How we doing? Pretty good game, huh? 1-0 on the season. Glad basketball's back, man. The state was rocking. Yeah, 1-0. Love to see it. Yeah, let's get our initial reactions out of the way here from that game. I mean, Ace Baldwin led the team in scoring with 15 points, but I thought the bigger uh, the bigger takeaway was that you had four guys in double digits, Brandon Johns Jr. with 13, Jameer Watkins with 13, and Jalen Deloach with 10. Yeah, balanced scoring, depth was on display, uh, great shooting in the first half, uh, not little less than uh, than desirable in the second, but uh, yeah, a good overall performance. Yeah, in the second half, at one point, they were 0 for 7 from the three-point line. Connor, do you think that Coach Rhodes told them to you know take it a little easy in the second half, or what do you think the deal was with that? You know, uh, guys like David Shriver and Zeb Jackson still had open threes and just didn't quite hit them. Uh, I think it was more just uh, the ball just wasn't as falling as well as in the first half, but uh, I think the guys had good looks throughout the second half, uh, but overall... My, my gut reaction to the game is seeing how many shooters we have on this team, which we really haven't had the last few years. A lot of guys can shoot the three ball. Yeah, I mean, the three-point percentage as a whole for the game doesn't really paint a picture as much as you look at the first half. The team scored 48 points. Uh, Connor, Caleb, you're my stats guys. When was the last time that happened? Yeah, I can tell you uh, we did it once last year, and it was the second half against U of R when we beat the, the you-know-what out of them <laughs> at home. So, uh, yeah, that's great to see in the first game back this season. I love seeing Jameer Watkins. He looked completely healthy. He started. He had two dunks at least, so that stood out to me. And um, Yeah, that was my most positive. You know, I was surprised to see. I felt like it was kind of an, I don't know what the word, under the radar, a quiet nine assists for Ace Baldwin. Yeah, he was whipping the ball around. I think that was a big takeaway. Um, And just some of the cross-court passes and reads that he was making, it looked like he was in the second half of the season form, which is great to see in your first game. Overall, you look around the conference, you have great point guards uh, just uh, uh, all the way across the board. St. Louis, Dayton, so many guys bring it, having leaders on their team and seeing Ace Baldwin start a game off with nine assists and one turnover and really just controlled the game. It, it comes easy to him. So that was great to see right off the bat because we didn't have that last year. Remember, he missed his first seven games last year with injury and having him from the get-go this year is such a, makes such an impact. You also saw how deep this team actually is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can – one through twelve, everyone's going to contribute. I mean, you look at even the freshmen, from Alfonso Billups to Toby Lawall, and Christian um, Furman had one big play in Christian the game. Christian Furman had that huge free throw, which was uh, it was good to see him, you know, break the ice and get on the scoreboard. But I think that um, you saw a little nerves, especially on the defensive end. Some guys are missing the rotations a little bit, to be expected in the first game. But uh, a lot a lot of good things to work with. And I want to give Manhattan credit. You know, they didn't go away. For a team that was dealing with a new coach and players leaving uh, the program, they balled out. Absolutely. I like that Manhattan's uh, kind of behind their bench. They had a decent fan crowd there. They uh, brought cheerleaders. Yeah, oddly enough. I was, I was thinking that they might have had a local guy, and, and uh, Chris and I were sitting together, and we looked at the whole roster and didn't see a local player. Um, but they had an Israeli guy. <laughs> it, was, it was honestly kind of surprising, but uh, uh, to, to follow up what Caleb was saying, kind of some derivatives on defense, I noticed in the first 12 minutes of the game, VCU gave up three open dunks, two of which were alley-oops. And yeah. I mean, when I mean open, I mean... <laughs> 
No one was guarding him. Either the press got burnt, or uh, I, I noticed one play where none had to loach. There was some, I, I couldn't tell in the replay. There was definitely a miscommunication between the two of them. Uh, but in the second half, it just didn't happen. So they d- definitely the nerves kind of went out by halftime, and uh, defense really locked in in the second half. Yeah, I'm not sure that we have that true rim protector that we had when we had Mo Ali Cox and Javante Reddick or DJ Haley. Yeah, we, we will, and I think that uh, Deloach will be that anchor on D, and he can block some shots. Do you think um, he can be that kind of a rim protector, though? I, I do, but here's the other thing. I think Brandon Johns, uh, being 240 pounds, can play a Levi Stockard role where he's going to muscle up people in the paint. In fact, we're going to have to have him do that if we're going to compete against uh, you know the bigger bigs of the A-10 and, 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 and the out-of-conference slate. And even last year, Hassan Ward was more of the defensive um, big guy down low. But I'll definitely trade that um, some more offense for that type of defensive performance, Connor. Speaking of Brandon Johns Jr., have you seen a big guy dribble the ball at VCU as well as he has? No, I haven't. And with purpose, the way he that reverse the, layup, dude. Yeah, I mean that's a Big Ten move, something we did not have last year. And with all due respect, Hassan Ward just was repertoire. I mean, he could dunk on top of you. Brandon Johns is going to go through you and finish. I know it's just been one game. Uh, I'm not saying he's the best big VCU's ever had, but he feels like the most versatile big going back to Jamie Skeen, who was also a P5 transfer. And we've had some great ones. We've had guys like Justin Tillman, Mo Alleycox. Adam just brought up Javante Reddick, but someone who can put the ball on the floor, hit the three ball, which is, again, we haven't had that from a big man since Jamie Skeen, could be a of VCU this year. And he plays with so much confidence. You know, he really steps into his shot and feels like, hey, this is going in. I'm going to knock it down. Uh, it's fun to watch him play. And Rhodes has said this multiple times. I think that he's just happy to be here. He's finally found a place where he can be comfortable in his own skin and really contribute. Time's up, and the professor has arrived to class with grades in his hands. How rowdy was the stew last night? Here to grade the crowd's performance, it's Chris Mason, crowd reviewer. Here I am, Mr. Professor. Um, I was going to be harsh grader uh, this season. I was disappointed last year. I know it's coming off COVID, but um, attended, like Connor said, sat next to him. And it was an excellent performance by the crowd. It was jam-packed, tons of students, both sides. The West End was sitting down a little bit, but um, I think the AD, Ed McLaughlin, said it best in reply to a John Rosting tweet. He said, Atmosphere is electric tonight. The Rams are building momentum. He also said, um, where's he said, what an opener crowd had amazing energy. The Peppers were OTC, which means off the charts and rosting <laughs> lingo. And uh, yeah, I'll go with an A minus just because not a sellout, but that's my grade for the week. Did you eat at the game? I did. What did um, you eat? I had a personal pizza for slice. <laughs> Excellent choice. No, um, that, Is that to get an A minus also? <laughs> yeah, if I factor that in, that might. I, I'll I'll go no comment with that. But. Speaking of pizza, do you guys remember how awesome it was being a student? Because uh, so in in college, Papa John's was a huge sponsor of VCU. But how awesome it was when a student would be asked to shoot a three, shoot the, the shooting contest, and if they hit a three and they were from our student section, we got a free pizza. And when I'm talking this, when they pass those coupons down the row, I'm pretty sure every person hogged like five each. <laughs> hey, I, never, I never paid for Papa John's in college. Didn't you do that one at one game when we were in school? I did. Uh, freshman year, 2012, <laughs> senior night, where Bradford Burgess scored 31 against George Mason after they ran on the court during a senior ceremony, and I airballed a three, and my dad <laughs> and brother have not... Give it, have not forgotten that. I was going to ask how your nerves were that night. Uh, I, I, I airballed a three-pointer, and anyone who's played basketball with me, I'm a better three-point shooter than jump shooter, and I straight 
airballed one. Hey, speaking so. of the crowd, I do need to say this because I talked about it on my show, which you can hear Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 p.m. right here on 910 The Fan. I need you guys to react to this because I was floored, all right? The student section was great, but these four students, all right, I was sitting behind the student section in that media area, got up with about five minutes left on the clock, and I could not believe what they said to each other, and they left the stadium with time on the clock because they said, and I quote, we got to get to Schaefer at this time. It's the best food at this time. Ooh. I was always a Keynes guy. So I, I, mean, to... I couldn't believe that. 9 p.m.? What? Yeah, I mean, at 9 p.m., I mean, there's no omelet station, no sandwich station. I, I don't even think the waffle makers turned on at that hour. If I went at that hour, I would usually just eat that oats and granola, like cereal, and like the extra fiber pizza at that hour. That's that's a pretty rough call there. Yeah, I could not believe that that's what they decided <laughs> to go with. So I had to call out the students for that. But it, it was a good uh, performance from them, uh, and it was a good, really, the whole fan base showed up. That was fun. All right, let's get our Ram of the game, who was the player of the game for the VCU Rams when they faced off against the Manhattan Jaspers. I'll go first, and I'm going to go with Brandon Johns Jr. Like Connor said, I'm, I haven't seen a VCU big handle the ball like that as well as he did. That reverse layup was just sexy. I mean, it was just one of those things where I couldn't wait to see the replay of that. It was almost unstoppable, right? You can't block his shot when he's going to use the rim for protection. Not only do you have 13 points, but he had five rebounds in just 26 minutes of game action. Caleb, Ram of the game. I'd like to take Brandon Johns Jr., and I, I totally agree with everything you say. I'm going Jameer Watkins. Again, he's under a microscope for me as he comes back from that ACL injury. There was a point in the second half where he drove baseline uh, and tried to tee up a guy and slam it on him. And uh, it got blocked. He got fouled, whatever. It went out of bounds. He got up there, and he popped right back up, and that's what I want to see. So, yeah, that, that's my choice. So for my player of the game, and I love both those choices, Ace Baldwin, nine points, excuse me, nine assists, one turnover, and just controlled that game. I watched the replay uh, the night after the basketball game against Manhattan, and I think I counted seven deflections by him. And now granted, not not all of them were turnovers, but seven times he got his hands on at least a passed ball. It was awesome. Yeah, I'll break the tie here. I'll go with Ace, too, because he had 35 minutes, um, nine assists, 15 points. That's just a stacked stat line plus a defense. Yeah, it was impressive, and and I think it's going to be big for VCU, the fact that they start the season with a healthy ace ball to win. You have your point guard. You have your leader this season. Yeah, and that's a segue into my segment, uh, not to steal your thunder, Adam, but um, just to get into some of the stats that we wanted to monitor throughout that game. The first was 12 turnovers in the game and an assist-to-turnover ratio of 2-1 to one for ace. Uh, we had 14 turnovers, acceptable. The the uh, assist to turnover ratio of uh, nine to one. I'll take that any day. Uh, one thing that I didn't love is we only had tw- we had a twelve assists on the whole. I'd like to see the rest of the team share the ball a little. We more. only had twelve assists with Ace getting nine of them. Yep, that's a problem. Yeah, so you just want to see the other guys pass the ball a little, a little more. And I thought the ball, as Rhodes like to say, was hot on the perimeter. But again, um, you know whether it's feeding the post or just kicking it around a little more. Uh, let's get some more assists. Second, Ken Palm adjusted defense efficiency. We're actually ranked 44, so we're in the top 50. Uh, Cool. Uh, Three fouls per 40 for Deloach. Uh, He had three, two of which were offensive charges. One one was a terrible call. So, again, all good there. And we're cool with offensive charges, right? It's the loose ball fouls that we don't want. The moving screens that I really hate. (laughs) I know you hate them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did you have something? To follow up those moving screens, we didn't have any in the game. 
I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think every VCU game last year we had at least one moving screen. So that's what I got to say about stats for data yeah. tonight. And just a few more little things that I picked out from the game. 57.6% free throw rate, terrible. Oh, my God. Believe me, I was watching the game, and the guy I was talking with, to uh, next to me was like, Are you kidding? they could be up by 30 if they made their free throws. Right. 33% from three. And I will say, Jaden Nunn was taking free throws after the game. I yeah, heard. Yeah, he was. That, that was good to see. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy you got to count on. You know, he's, you know, Jaquan Lewis, those two games in, uh, what was it, 2016 when he hit those free throws at uh, St. Bonaventure and GW. Oh, yeah. The point four games. You knew the he back was going to back both point. of those. Point <laughs> four, yeah. <laughs> Jaden Nunn's got to be that guy for us, or ace, you know. Um, but at 33.3% from three, none in the second half. That's not great. Um, 42.6% from the floor also pretty low. And the last thing I want to say is Jaden Nunn had five shot attempts. He's got to be more aggressive on offense because it's going to open up so much more for everyone else. Speaking of Nunn, I'm pretty sure he had a three in the, I think it was the second or third VC offensive possession. It was one of the first five possessions yeah, of the game. It was a kickback to him at the top yeah, of the key. Yeah, be- beautiful shot. And towards the end of the first half, he had that kind of strip and uh, dunk. Off the top of my head, he might have had two shot attempts in the second half. But uh, something about it, you mentioned his free throws. Uh, there was a stretch in the first half where we led – 21 to 10 and Manhattan went on a 9-0 run. Ace was out out of the game for the majority of the time. Jaden Nunn missed three free throws. Uh two were on a on a shot attempt and then one was on a front end of a one and one. And Jaden Nunn, I love the guy and he, I know he's working after game, but that's an example of maybe our offense wasn't working wasn't playing that poorly during that stretch while Ace was out, but hey, you got to hit your free throws. So that's something to take a look at. Let's see how we do better this upcoming game. All right, let's do a little game breaker here. Why VCU was able to win? I'm going to say it's because of the points off turnovers, right? That was the biggest thing. When we steal, when we stole the ball, we got out in transition. You saw the athletic ability from our guys. I mean, we had a ton of dunks. You mentioned those points off turnovers. Something I noticed. I believe what was the turnover count? Twenty. It's twenty-seven. Twenty-seven turnovers. I, I counted six in my replaying the game. I counted six. Passes thrown out of bounds, and that includes I'm talking passes by Manhattan where it's to no one and no one touches the ball, or we get a deflection. So I mean, that's six six times where we just we, we get the ball right back right away. To add to that, Rhodes is looking for 35 deflections a game. He said on his radio show yesterday, uh, we had around 32. So so right on right on the course. That's a crazy um, thing. So Once yeah, a the minute. fact that they track it, the fact that it, it's important to Rhodes, it's important to us. It's a, it's a big part of our defense. And I like that. That's a good saying on our podcast. If it's important to Rhodes, it's important to yeah. us. And like Connor said, he uh, Ace had seven of those, you know? My, That's my, 20% of them right there. And, my question uh, for you, man, good. is like, you know, when you're watching a, a flying squirrels game or a baseball game and you got guys behind the plate, you know, keeping track of the pitch count, is there someone like on the bench just keeping track of the deflections with a count? Grad, grad assistance, man. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Gotta love grad assistants, right? Gotta love <laughs> Get them to work. All right, let's transition here to going around the A-10. Connor, what were your biggest takeaways from the first week of college basketball and the rest of the A-10? So to this point, I believe the only team that has not played a D1 opponent is – or GW played Virginia State on Monday, and I believe St. Joseph's has not played a D1 opponent yet. Uh, but everyone else has – uh, three losses so far. George Mason lost at Auburn. Really no surprise. They but they did con- make it close in the second half there. They went on a bit of a run and cut it to d- single digits. Yeah, just not not surprising. LaSalle lost at Nova. No, not surprising. Rhode Island lost at home to Quinnipiac. It's Rhode Island's. It's a new coach, R.G. Miller. Not surprising. Uh, Loyola Chicago. I mean, how about that Christian Leitner uh, into regulation shot? Yeah, I, mean, I missed that game. What happened, Caleb? Uh, it, they were down two with like second and a half left. Yeah. Guy chucked it to the uh, – Left elbow, three quarter court. 
turn around, give them a little uh, pump fake, and hit the shot. And took it overtime, overtime as the time expired, and then they they closed it out. And or, my, was it even, was it double overtime? That was to send it to overtime. They won in double overtime. Yeah, wow. right, right. So, and the only other game uh, last night, Davidson played at Wright State, and we're trailing by as many as like fifteen or sixteen in the first half. Now, Wright State's been a decent team the last few years. Made the. Tr- uh, I think they won their conference two years ago, but Foster Lawyer had 37 points. Davidson, who typically is a top team in the conference, we know they can score, but defensively it's going to be a challenge for them this year. So, All right, let's get our initial thoughts on the table here for Morgan State. What to expect when Morgan State comes to the Seagull Center this Saturday? Start with Connor Bailey. So first of all, welcome back. Lewis Junkum uh, was, was part of the first recruiting class uh, for Coach Rhodes before the 2017-2018 season. Spent a year here at BCU, transferred to Radford, sat out a year, and played three years. Uh, and then I guess he's using his sixth year uh, here at Morgan State. But overall, uh, Morgan State, I don't – based off record, we have not played them before. But uh, overall, HBCU University can, can, you know, can typically score it relatively well. The biggest thing for me is we need to put the ball in the hoop more consistently we looked great in the first half the second half it was i mean we went what was it 11 minutes without a field goal caleb i think it was 11 minutes yeah right? it was 11 minutes so look you're gonna every even good teams have three or four minute droughts but you know you need, you need to have at least one player on the team say hey hey this is my game jameer Watkins is my choice if, if we haven't scored for three minutes give jameer the ball t- let him take it to the rack get a bucket that's what i want to focus on morgan state yeah, I would agree. This is uh this is a game where you just need to focus on yourself and do the things that you want to do, um, which sounds pretty simple, but it's also pretty important. Yeah, Morgan State University, thirteen and fifteen last season, seven and six in their conference play, three and nine on the on the road. So we want to make sure they come to the Seagull Center and the crowd is loud and really uh, cause some havoc there and force some turnovers. That's going to be the biggest thing for me is focusing on when a team like Morgan State comes in here. And like Connor said, you know, they're an okay program. They've got some ballers there. They've got some athletic guys. But we should be able to force 20 turnovers over them. Yeah, I would agree. They turned it over 18 times against Xavier. I don't know how much they ratcheted up the pressure, but if Xavier's turning them over 18 times, I would expect we can do the same. Um, one thing I, I did want to note from a personnel perspective on there, and they're supposed to have a guy, Detorian Ware, that uh, is their best player. Didn't play in the first game. I have no idea where he is, but just worth worth noting. In my eyes, this is a team, even with Manhattan's roster being somewhat depleted, I think this is a team that probably has a weaker roster than what we saw Tuesday night against Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan, they, that big big guy, Roberts, he, he can play. He he's was from a, St. John's. He was, uh, Buchanan you know, could play, too. Yeah, yeah they, he was, he, then, uh, he's a Aunt player. Mel, or Aunt, the point guard, Ant, whatever his last name was, he came from, uh, I don't know, it was another, like, I forget what it was. It was another high major. Okay, so I, I'm Seton not. Hall. That's what it was. Based off the Morgan State roster, uh, looking at their roster, I didn't see a whole lot of the the, the no, most notable transfers a Radford transfer who came from VC originally. So I'm not seeing crazy talent. That doesn't mean they can't play basketball, but I think Manhattan overall is a more talented roster. So from the VCU perspective, with Morgan State coming to the Stew this Saturday. Coach Rhodes has got to find a way to get Jaden Nunn more shots, like you said. And we knew that that was going to be difficult this season with Ace being here fully healthy and Jaden Nunn started the season last year as the point guard, thrown into the fire as a freshman. I want him to run that second unit, but I also want him in the starting lineup. So I don't know how Coach Rhodes is going to handle this. Maybe Nunn's the first guy you take off and you put in Zeb Jackson and then you let Nunn use the second unit as his you know chance to score the rock there and be the leader. But... We just need to do do a better job of giving him open shots. 
Yeah, I think uh, it's honestly it's it might be on him more than anybody else. Mm. I think that he's just got to have an aggressive mindset. Uh, Rhodes in his show yesterday also mentioned that to him while he was on set there at uh, B Dubs. But yeah, I, I think that he even if it's attacking the rim, uh, just just anything to get himself more licks will be good. One thing I loved from Nunn last year is he's got a he when he shoots the jumper he has a he jumps high he mm-hmm. has that. Kobe Bryant was always famous for having a really high jump shot, and yeah. I loved watching Nunn shoot jumpers last year because he, he could be in a situation where he takes the ball to the rack, stops about 12 to 16 feet out, and can shoot over a big man who's who's collapsing in on him. I, I think I saw one jump shot from him. I want to see two or three jump shots because he can really that can really alter the game because Ace Baldwin's a jump shooter. That's not his style, though. He can He's more, better at taking to the rack or shooting a jumper, but he's he's not jumping you know a couple feet in the air like Nunn can, and I want to see at least two or three jump shots from Nunn. Yeah, make the mid-range great again. I was uh, just doing a deep dive on the uh, Morgan State coaching staff and the director of basketball ops is Austin Freeman from Georgetown. So oh, that yeah, just, I remember him, I remember oh, him yeah, growing yeah. up as a Villanova fan. So I yeah. had to check that out. And I'm also stunned still of Lewis Junkum must be like 26. I can't believe that. Six a year there. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Austin Freeman. There was a stretch of Georgetown players that played for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I feel like for like eight straight years, they had. Drummond was got to be on that list, right? Yeah. It's I'm just trying to think of the other guys. It's just constantly they had, they played for the Sixers. So I feel like he had to stop there. That, that's a, that's a cool find. He was, he was a baller in the JT3 days. Exactly. Yeah. It's time for this week in VCU basketball history. Every episode, my guy Connor Bailey will break down a memorable game, a memorable game in VCU basketball history that took place during this week in time. All right, we're going to kick it back to actually to the date. We play Morgan State the 12th this this uh, weekend, November 12th, 2013. Number 14 VCU at number 25 Virginia. So, a little background information here in the years-long history of VCU basketball, they'd only played UVA 11 times with a uh, 1-10 record. So not a very good record. And growing up in Midlothian, Virginia, 20 minutes outside of Richmond my whole life, and I was a UVA fan when my sister was there from 2000 to 2004, but throughout the 2000s, we never played them. And I always wanted to say, hey, I want to see VCU play UVA. And a lot of VCU fans didn't care for UVA because we didn't feel like we were getting a fair shake. I mean, quite frankly, it wasn't like UVA was that special in the 2000s, but hey, you want to play an ACC team. So during my sophomore year, 2012-2013, a media report came out saying that the following year, a home-and-home series starting in Charlottesville and then going to Richmond the following year was was going to start. So uh, we head up to Charlottesville in November 2013. We had played Illinois State the first game of the season, but this is our second game. Keep in mind, this is right before UVA took off as a program. And if you remember, that summer, 2013, the NCAA created a new rule regarding hand-checking. So a lot of VCU fans were worried for the season because we play in-your-face defense. It's like, hey, they're going to call a lot of fouls. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember if you guys remember watching that game, but it was not the prettiest, especially the first half. 26 to 24 was the UVA lead at the first half. And for the game, VCU shot 6 of 15 from free throw land. UVA was 19 of 33. VCU 5 of 14 from three. UVA 1 of 8 from three. VCU had 13 turnovers. UVA had 19 turnovers. And there were 27 foul calls on VCU, 21 foul calls on UVA. Ugly game. So, if memory serves, Darian Atkins hit a jumper with just under three minutes to take a 55-49 lead for UVA. Do you guys want to hear how the last three minutes of that game went? I, I think mean, he- I'm pretty sure I have it memorized. If I'm correct here, I'm going to say something like Javante Reddick bucket, Javante Reddick bucket again, and then Trevion Graham three-pointer for the win. So the first one, Reddick, Brandenburg, <laughs> down six, Brandenburg hit a, tried to shoot a jumper, and Reddick out of nowhere just grabs it and puts it back to yeah, kind of the floor. Yeah, tip dunk, right? Yeah, n- yeah. 
Then current Brooklyn net Joe Harris got a charging call, his fourth foul. Down the court, Jordan Burgess, a freshman, hits a three. And our boy Robbie Robinson called out Big Shot Jordan because we always <laughs> yeah. called his brother Big Shot Brad. And watching the clip again, Mike, uh, I believe it was Len Elmore, and I believe, is it Mike Harris? Uh, it was definitely Len Elmore. One of, the, one of the color guys said, from Midlothian, Virginia. And I'm like, ah, that's where I'm from. So I got excited for that. So Trevin hits a three. They tr- UVA turns the ball over. We're down one. Uh, excuse me, Jordan hits a three. We're down one. Jordan attempts another three and airballs it. <laughs> so, so he got lucky on the first one. Anyway, Justin Anderson, former NBA player, leading by one, turns the ball, the ball over to Trevion Graham, who goes right down the court and shoots a jumper. We got a lead, and I'm talking JPJ. You can hear VCU fans just going crazy there. So VCU leads by one. We get another stop. Weber gets fouled, misses the front of it a one and one. Yep. Who's, at that point, he's a career 77% free throw shooter and went 0 for 4 from the foul line that night. So keep in mind, we're up 1 with under 30 seconds left. Current Boston Celtic, Malcolm Brogdon, correct? He's a, he's a Celtic now. Yeah. yeah. Takes up to the rack. Jordan Burgess gets a foul called. We're up 1. Malcolm Brogdon, 87% free throw shooter for his career. Misses the front. Misses the first one, excuse me. Uh, VCU sh- uh, coach Smart tries to ice him, calls a timeout. He makes a second one. Do you guys remember how the last 10 seconds go? Inbounds to Brandenburg. Eight seconds to go. Rob Brandenburg, top of the key. Brandenburg, right side, picks up his dribble to Graham. Long three for the win. He hits the three. Rams by three. 59 56. As Graham drains one from 34. I don't believe it. So, I, I, if I'm right, it was Rob Brandenburg dribbling to his right, turns around, throws it back to his left. Trevion Graham from about NBA range hits the three-pointer. And I was calling that game with James Snow, our buddy, for Rams review. And I don't remember what James Snow said, but I just remember I screamed, Trevion Graham is cold-blooded! Oh, yeah. That's pretty much what happened. It was one of those. So, And, and if you've ever coached basketball or ever been on a team and someone takes a shot, during the, not at the end of the game, but in the middle of the game, and they take a shot, and you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Great shot. Great shot. Mm-hmm. That was one of those. So I'm sitting at the top of JPJ, five rows from the top. That's where all the VCU fans were. And we're like... Um, you know, sitting there like, what are you doing? And it just turned into a mosh pit of VCU fans. Keep in mind, you're at the top of JPJ. I'm sweating. Like, it, we're, we're hot. It, we're at the top of a building. You're, you're kind of sweating a little bit. So he hits the three. A couple timeouts happen, and Justin Anderson shoots a desperation three. Uh, the feeling I had, and UVA had not reached their peak basketball, you know, national title contender or whatnot. But uh, the feeling I had walking down those JPJ steps, it took like 15 minutes to get down to the concourse because of just so many people. But the most important thing is that year, was decent in the out of conference. They went 15 and one in the ACC that, or 14 and two, excuse me, in the ACC. But it included 14 straight wins. And as UVA kept on going to a one seed, VCU's resume just kept on going up. Yeah. One of the funnest parts of that game, we're standing outside of JPJ. It's like 25 degrees, and we lose my brother. <laughs> so we're, we're like standing Big in the car, <laughs> and I'm with my friends Patrick Thompson and Michael Molina, and we lose my brother. And I'm on the phone with him, and I could see him from like 60 feet away, and I'm like, Mike take a right and he takes a left i'm like mike your other right and he just he will not come to the car i'm like mike we gotta go um so overall that's just a memory i have it was it, it was kind of a it was kind of a punch it's like hey we finally get to play uva we beat him we beat him in john paul jones arena one of the best basketball arenas to play basketball and tony bennett if you're a vcu fan and you don't like tony bennett something's wrong with you he's agreed to two separate separate home and homes with us i'm yeah. hoping for a third one i'm pretty sure in the press conference after that game he was pissed off at the refs I remember he was not happy. Just a lot of foul calls. Yeah, there so. were a ton of foul calls in that game. So I got two questions for you, Caleb, actually. So right. we, were, we were one in 10 before beating UVA that year. Do you know the one coach before Coach Smart that had a win against UVA? Ooh. 
I'm going to guess Sonny Smith. It was actually Mike Polio in 87-88. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we made the NIT that year. <laughs> of, all the co- of all the coaches, Dana Kirk 0-2, J.D. Barnett 0-3, Polio 1-1, Sonny Smith 0-3, Mac McCarthy, uh, the last year at the Coliseum, we went 0-1. So that's the fun fact. Okay. Want to play a little game called Name That Starting Five? This is my favorite game. Let's yeah. go, Caleb. And I'll wait to the end. Give me your five. I'll all wait right. to the end. Uh, so I've been thinking about this your entire segment. So. <laughs> I can I, tell. I, I, it's I, becoming like my favorite bet I'm on the show. I'm at a loss on at least one. Um, okay. Briante at one. I'll wait, I'll wait till you. Give, give me your all five. Right. Yeah. And, and Chris and I will help you out if you have any qu- uh, trouble. Brandenburg at two. I would probably agree. Um, was, was Troy gone? No. no. Troy at three. Wait. Oh wait, no. 2014. No, that was no, that was 2013, 14. He was gone, yeah, because Bert Jordan Burgess but was that there. That was 2012, 2013. This is 2013, right? this is 2013, 2014. Think, it's right. uh, November of 2013. Is the all right, game. I'm gonna say Troy, uh, Travion, and Reddick. Okay, so Weber, Brandenburg, Travion, and Reddick are correct. So Troy graduated in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to throw you. Molly Cox? Thing. No, no, no. Molly Cox played off the bench 11 minutes. Hold on, did we start DJ Haley still? DJ no. Haley had left the team by this yeah. point. It was at USC? It had to. Have, uh, so Mo was off the bench with 11. 11. Do we start? Wait, do we start Jordan Burgess? That's what I was gonna say. Jordan Burgess played 17 minutes off the bench. Jaquan played great that Jaquan game. Jaquan played 12 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Theus. Uh, no. Theus is gone by now. No. Um, Who the hell started off? Oh, wait, so we're missing the power forward. You're telling us? Or or it, small? Well, depending on yeah, you're, probably. You're missing a big man. A big man. Uh, Justin Tillman? Jared Guest. Jared Guest played 10 minutes off the bench. Justin Tillman was was out of VCU. Uh, Doug Brooks played a minute. Melvin Johnson played 13 minutes. Oh, Melvin. I was going to say Melvin was... I'll give you a hint. He was a transfer. Ooh. Oh. Toby Veal? Toby Veal was not there, though. Um, uh, I think you have it. Terrence Shannon. Terrence Shannon. What? Played (laughs) 19 (laughs) minutes that night. Let's go. One for three from the floor. Three points, had four fouls in the game, and had a rebound. He played 19 minutes at our, as our power forward. This is totally unrelated, but do you remember that dunk that he the had? Duquesne, off the Duquesne double dunk? It was the Duquesne yeah. double dunk. Yeah. Reddick missed the dunk, and sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, no, no, yeah, I, so got, I got hyped because I had a feeling right away someone was going to say that. So, the double dunk. Trevion, right. <laughs> Trevion had 22, it was 8 of 15 from the floor. Then it was Reddick had 9, Brandenburg had 7. Weber had a bad game. He had, four, he had like seven turnovers, it looks like. Yeah. Terrence Shannon. Started played 19 minutes that that game, so I, I had a feeling I was going to fool y'all with that one. You got that, me. That was a good one. I love that segment every Great game, single though. week. All right, it's time for AWOD's energy. I'm Adam Epstein, and I am the host of AWOD Radio Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 p.m. right here on 910 The Fan. What about VCU hoops? Has AWOD pumped up for this week? Well, it's obvious for me. It's the fact that we're going to New York next week, and I want to play Michigan so badly. I mean, I honestly, even if we lose and we end up playing Pittsburgh, that's still a good uh, a good matchup right there and a chance to get a win against our former coach. But I am so pumped for that tournament. The Legends Classic. Chris, you said they've got like an awesome Instagram page. They've been promoting that tournament for a while now. It's going to be a ton of fun. Absolutely. I will not be in attendance, but Connor's going up. Caleb is not going, but... Yeah, um, ASU, Pitt, Michigan. You definitely we're playing ASU round one, so um, you got to root for Michigan top twenty-five. Caleb. I just want to say one thing. I think Arizona State might be our biggest out-of-conference game of the season, and that's for the sole purpose of getting the chance to play Michigan and helping our resume. We'll, we'll discuss this more in our next pod, but I'm looking forward to. I haven't smelled it in three and a half years, but the smell of the Barclays Center. I, I've never been able to identify it. it ha- 
is it cologne? Is they, it? They use the same thing that uh, MGM uses. It is, there's a smell it's to like it, a, and yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like a smell of a poker room or it's something. Just, it's, or, yeah. it's it's a. Uh, it's alluring. It's it's, be- it's beautiful, but it's I get I get to smell that uh, um, about a, exactly a week from now. So, all right, you've been licking, listening to the Black and Gold Fan Podcast with Adam Epstein, Caleb Jones, Connor Bailey, and Chris Mason, and. Please keep listening, spread the word, tell your friends. You can follow us now on social media as well. Yes, we have an Instagram page, Black and Gold Fan Pod, as well as a Twitter feed, so um, Twitter account, so look for us there. If you follow us on Instagram every single week, you're going to have a Seabales entrance. I'm going to be entering the building, whatever <laughs> building, whatever wherever the game is, if I'm entering, you're going to see it on Instagram. But overall, you get to hear a few diehard Ram fans who've been to a lot of games, seen a lot of games in person, and uh, at, at, this is your source. Yeah, I just wanted to reiterate, reiterate what Connor said. It's just a fan's perspective where we try and take a deeper dive into some of the stats and, and just all things VCU basketball and uh, and make it fun to listen to. Yep, we're going to have new episodes every week throughout the season. Most likely they will drop on Thursdays. You've been listening to the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, affiliated with the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. 